BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here on BeastNet, and on this episode I got with me Kate West. Um, Kate, let the listeners know who you are. Well, my name is Kate. I am based out of the Midwest. I've been doing optical course racing since about 2018. Um, I'm still, still semi-neutral sport. I am running my first elite race in about two weeks, and that's in Arizona. So I'm excited to go somewhere warm other than Wisconsin, where I currently am. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much about me. I do work full-time as a nurse, and this is just something I do for fun and I'm passionate about. Very nice, very nice. So, if you're from Wisconsin, that that explains the accent. So, I was kind of wondering. Oh, I have one? <laughs> well, oh. I've actually, so when I was younger, I've actually, I lived in, I think, 12 different states now. So, I used to be a long-distance runner and an athlete, and it was a good way to cope because every two years I was moving to a new state. But I guess now I yeah. have a Wisconsin accent. But for a while, I did have a southern one, believe it or not. <laughs> I say, well, and um, that might be why I was a little bit at first. I'm like, well, it kind of sounds, so maybe that's, you know, the, the mixture of the two okay. is making it sound a little bit different. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. So <laughs> so you said you were a long-distance runner. Um, how, how long did you do that for? Oh, well, let's see. I was a soccer player for about 10 years. And fun fact about me is that I'm only four foot 11 and a quarter. So obviously I stopped growing when I was like 12. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I was just getting beat up on the soccer field and I was always super duper fast. And they were like, hey, you should yeah. try out for the cross country team. And so I started actually training with a personal coach when I was in seventh grade. It was someone who reached out to me and she gave me a running schedule. So when I was 13, 14 years old, I was running like three miles, four miles all by myself, working with this coach. And then I did try out for the cross-country team in high school. I was going to mm-hmm. run a steeplechase, 3,200, 5K, 10K in college. But obviously with nursing school, it was just a little too much. And I really wanted to focus yeah. in on nursing school. And then once I graduated nursing school, I was like, oh, my goodness, you actually have to be strong to be a nurse. And so I got into weightlifting. So, I mean, I was always tiny. Like I said, I'm not even five feet tall. Yeah. And I started weightlifting. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And it's fun being able to do pull-ups and, you know, push-ups. when I could originally never even do one of each. And But I was like, yeah. at the same time, I kind of miss running. So OCR has been a great way to combine the two and just be a good all-around athlete. <laughs> That that is a good good way to combine. So, I know for a long time I started running and I just I got bored. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Sounds bad this, to say, but past, yeah. Right. Well, this past September it was kind of funny. I did my first endurance challenge, and another great thing about OCR that I love is that there's so many different types of races. I mean, there's five mm-hmm. days, ten k. and I did my first endurance one in September, which was this one called strong as oak endurance challenge and Mm -hmm. it's in illinois usually it's in the fall and it's a six hour event and i was like i'm just gonna come do like one hour see how it goes 
but I'm pretty headstrong and pretty stubborn. So I did the full six hours and it was that you ran this 1.5 mile loop, but every yeah. time you completed the, you would have to flip a thousand pounds and tires. And so I ran 33 miles that day and I was like, holy cow, I've never ran over 20 miles and here I am flipping tires and wow. running. So it's just, it's a fun time and it's an awesome race that you should check out. And I started getting so loopy though. I started telling people dad jokes because that's pretty much my favorite guilty pleasure <laughs> is dad jokes. Do you want to hear one? Yeah. I, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mike, do you know where the crunkest place to use the bathroom is? No. The little John. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, like little John, like the rapper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I hate laughing at it, but at you laugh. <laughs> you, you do. You do. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> I swear you Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, no, the running for me was, you know, it was, uh, I did a lot of half marathons and okay. it was like my fastest. I was never that fast. So like a half marathon okay. for me, I think my best one was like two hours and 45 minutes. But I got bored in those two hours and 45 minutes. So that was my, you know, why I went into to OCR because I wanted, I needed something to break up the monotony of just running for three hours. So Yes. And what's amazing about OCR is the race itself takes longer, but I always feel like it goes by quicker because you're thinking about the yeah. next thing and strategizing for sure. Yep, exactly. All right, and now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. And we're back. So you said you you went into bodybuilding too. So that must be help you a lot in the OCR community. Um, I mean, I know well, four foot eleven. You know, <laughs> the quarter. Four yeah. foot eleven and a quarter. Forget that quarter. But um, don't forget the quarter. It really wasn't. Don't forget the quarter. No, it necessarily wasn't bodybuilding. It was more so strength training. I still remember the first day I went into the gym. Being a long distance runner, the most I ever did was maybe push ups and yoga for strength because I was so focused on the longer distances and maybe crunches here and there and body weight stuff. And I just remember going into the weight room and looking up all this stuff on YouTube about weightlifting and how to do even just a bicep curl. I didn't even know how to like hold a dumbbell and do a curl because I was just like rocking back and forth. So it was a lot of trial and error. And I made it a goal to want to be able to do a pull-up. And that took me about a year and a half. I worked so hard, and it's just amazing. It does become addicting with strength. Like, hey, I want to add weight to my yeah. pull-ups, or I want to wide grip pull-ups. And it's fun with OCR because when I was doing all that, I was like, I still kind of miss my running. And I like the trails. I like being out in nature. I like that community, too. And it's just a fun way to combine the two worlds. You can run and lift weights and then go back to running. Every day is different, and that's fun. Yeah, no, and I agree completely. So, so how many, what, what, what was your first OCR and what, what kind of convinced you to do it? Oh, so funny story. My first obstacle course race was called the Abominable Snow Race, which of course is during the winter and it's a fun Sounds race. Sounds cold. It was, in, oh, it was so cold. It was so much fun. 
but it was in Lake Geneva in 2018, and that was my first race ever. And my parents just moved to the area, and they're like, "My mom, I went to my mom. Sometimes moms know best." She's like, "Hey, you should try this." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know." I was like, "So she's like, I signed you up," and I'm like, "Okay." So she kind of gave me that little push, and it was so much fun. I mean, when I first started, my nurse brain was going crazy because the minute I got out of the car, I'm pretty sure I saw someone fall in the parking lot because it was so cold and icy. I'm like, what is this? And people were just falling left and right during the court or during the race. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just nuts. But then after that first mile, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. One of the obstacles they have usually at this race is that you have an inner tube and you get to run up a hill with it and then slide down and run across the finish line. I'm like, I've never done that in a cross country race. (laughs) And no, that sounds like so much fun. (laughs) Oh, it's so much fun. And it's actually this year in Merrimack, Wisconsin in March. And it's, it's crazy. It's so much fun. And, um, I ran in a hero's heat that first year and I was the first female and it was just fun to run with like, other people such as soldiers, doctors, and it was a blast. And then they're like, Kate, you should try out for a Spartan, which I did in October 2018. And that was a lot of fun, too. They are. They are fun. So have you done more Spartans mm-hmm. or just the one? Um, well, I did the Toyota 2018, which was my first uh, Spartan. And then I did take a little bit of a break. I did the Abominable Snow Race again in February 2019. And then in June, I ran the Chicago Spartan. That was my first outdoor Spartan. And have you ever ran that one? I haven't. I haven't gotten onto the East Coast yet. I've pretty much been, for the most part, stayed on the, the West Coast. Okay, I got it. Okay, so this Chicago Spartan, I supposedly guess, is known for being very muddy. And I actually got poison mm-hmm. ivy <laughs> from my first outdoor Spartan. <laughs> and then after that, I ran again in the abominable snow race, which was during the polar vortex in Wisconsin, which the oh, winter nice. was like negative 15. So I braved all the elements. And then the, one of my favorite races I did was called the Highlander Assault, which was my actually first super long OCR, like over 10 miles. And I just loved it. They had a water slide. Oh my gosh. It was so slippery. And then you had to swim across. And I don't think I've ever oh, run so fun. hard in my life. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how to put on my life vest because I had race brain. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, we're just going to go for it. <laughs> it wow. was a lot of fun. I, like, I really like the local ones here in the Midwest. Yeah, and that's something we've really been pushing over here on the on the West Coast because I we live up in Washington, um, and we've really been pushing the the local races because those ones a lot of times there are crazy things like that where you got that water slide and you got to swim across and <laughs> the the local ones they come up with these really ingenious ideas you know that the bigger races can't really do because you know the bigger races have that cookie cutter like this is how this is our obstacles yeah. so it's really cool to see some of those local ones. Oh, I agree. And the Midwest does have some amazing OCR groups that I've met through these local races. There is one called Frontline that I work with in a group in out of Naperville, Illinois. And then there's also another amazing group, uh, Strong as Oak. And then we even have a company, 
a family near us that runs a company that makes obstacles for Spartan races called Race Ready Obstacles. And I ordered a spear throw from them, and I've been throwing my spear at snow banks to get ready for my race in two weeks. <laughs> and pretty nice. sure my neighbors That's think good. I'm crazy because, well, the spear is taller it. than me. <laughs> and I'm like, enough with the snow. And I kind of panicked because the other day I threw it, and it went through the snow bank. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> No, no, that's awesome. Yeah, see, I, I wonder the same thing. I have like multiple actual walls in my yard okay. and, uh, you know, spear throw. And there's sometimes people come over and we'll have workouts and a bunch of people get together and we'll do it all in my yard. And right next to me on the other side of the fence is like a three-story uh, old, you know, senior living facility. So I'm just okay. like, I'm really wonder what these, these older people are thinking as they look out the window and we're out here stuck in, you know, chucking spears at you know at target and they're like uh yeah yeah <laughs> kind of makes so me wonder sometimes yeah how's your spear throw and races do you have any secrets i i do pretty and honestly for whatever reason this spear throw has always been one of my like easiest obstacles um oh my god for me for me, it's just consistency. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, but I played baseball for years. So, I mean, and I was a baseball coach for years and all of that. So okay. it was really just kind of figuring out the right way to throw. And for me, it's just, okay. it's almost like you're throwing a dart and it's consistency. Okay. If I do, it's like being a pitcher. If I do anything different than what I do every other time, I'll miss. But it's that like I have sense. a routine. I pick it up and I pick up the spear and this sounds really weird, but I'll pick up the spear. I'll bounce the tip off the, the railing in front of me. Okay. And then I have to How like, yeah. And what's that? How many times do you bounce it? Just once? Just once, just one good bounce on it. And it's just, okay. it's like my routine. It's like one of those things. If you watch baseball players, there used to be one when I was younger called Nomar Garcia Parra. I think he played for Boston and he yeah. would, you'd watch him and he had this really weird routine where he would like touch each hand twice and then his knee and just do this crazy thing. And that kind of became my, I thought of him when I started doing it and just kind of said, okay, I'm going to come up with a routine. This is going to be my way of doing it every time. Okay. And there's been once nice. or twice that I've tried, I've done something different and I'll miss. But if I do that and it's just kind of, you step back and a stance, like almost like a pitcher, like you're throwing the ball and you just kind of right. chuck it almost like a, a dart. And it, it okay. works for me. I mean, it's just been my way of doing it. So, and that's kind okay. of it. I've, for each person, it's just a little bit different. And it's kind of, you know, just finding that, that way that works for you. I've seen people that do it underhand and do it amazing. Okay. I did it every time underhand. Yes. Well, so it's kind of funny. So, yeah. And then, not to interrupt, sorry. I ran no, okay. after Chicago and that 12-miler Highlander assault. I did get a chance to actually run at Fenway, which was amazing. My spear throw went to the left then. And then yeah. the next week, ran at Wrigley. And I'm pretty sure it went to the right. And then I was like, it's just got to go in the middle next time, right? Like, it's just destiny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's just got to go and in the middle. Yeah, and going back to the local races, what was awesome about the Highlander Assault, uh, that 12-mile mm -hmm. one that's local, too, with the slide, instead of a spear, they have a bow and arrow. So oh. I had to go home to parents and had to practice shooting a long bow, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And when I, oh. if you didn't hit the target, you would have to bear crawl to grab your arrow, and you just keep trying until you got it. it was, See, it that's, so I, I think that's cool. <laughs> You know, that's it one was, thing that it I, it's, yeah, and I like the, the, 
a lot of the local ones and the smaller ones because they don't have the option of finding uh, having a way out. It's like if you don't pass that's the obstacle, true. you just keep doing it, you know. And that's the one of the things that I've always thought of. Yeah, yeah, I've always liked that. Just keep doing it till you till you do it, you know. And that's kind of the one thing yeah. I, that I've with some of the bigger ones and having that option to like, you know, oh, I can just do some kind of exercise and I, I can move on. And it's like, well, yeah, but a lot of these guys you'll watch people don't even try. They're like, why would I try the obstacle? I know I can't do it. It's like, because you got to right. try. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of this, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way of looking at life too. Like this obstacle so much, I should just take the easy way out. It's like no, you should at least try it. Keep trying, mm-hmm. like, even through the hard times, keep going. And I just like how you can uh, incorporate life into obstacle course racing, and everyone. Oh, I completely believe that. Yeah, and everyone helps each other out in this community, which is so uplifting for me. Yeah, and it is, and that's and community has been the one thing. There's been a couple times, you know, in the last year or so where I've had struggled with some of uh, my physical issues and stuff like that, where I've wanted to just walk away. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I'll get out there on the course with, you know, my, as I call my race family, and be reminded reminded of why I do do this. It's like, oh, I do this not because I want to be the best racer out there, but I just want to be the best version of me out there. So yeah, that's what yeah. I really appreciate too. And like with my height and then with being a former runner, the obstacles such as monkey bars, rigs, and the rope climb, those have been my mm-hmm. trifecta other than the spear throw that I personally struggled with. And once I started going to these local races and I connected with my now flatliner family, I'm actually one of their pro athletes now. They own a gym in Illinois, which is awesome. And people from that group, the flatliners, Oaks, the strong as Oaks, they've all helped me with technique. I was never able to live, let's say myself until I started working with them. I mean, every once in a while, I just turn off my nurse off and be like, I need to start like, cause when I did the Chicago Spartan, I'm like, I can't even reach the monkey bars. But now I'm very comfortable with just jumping and lacheing across, thanks to them. And, yeah. uh, it's, and then I've helped people with running, like secrets that have I've learned through being a long-distance runner. And it's like I said, it's just a good way to be a good, good all-around athlete. And then that makes you into a really good and strong person. And it's so uplifting in this community. I still remember my first one, the Abominable Snow Race, all the nice people I met. And they're like, you need to do this race and this race. You're so talented. And I was like, oh, this is so humbling. Because I never had people really kind of reach out to me or encourage me because I was doing so much as a child. I mean, every two years I was in a new state. And so it was so different. And it's been an adjustment to have people come up to me and be like, you're good. Let's have you race more. It's like, wow, this is really fun. And it's a great way because I have lost contact with people, but through my racing, I've reconnected with so many of my old friends in the many states I've lived in. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that's one thing, yeah, if you get so a good group, like, you know, you were talking about the flatliners, you get a good group like yeah. that, that can really boost you up. And that's awesome that, I mean, they can just, and you get yeah, so many different people in the group, like you, yeah, I say, you're a nurse. And then you're going to have yeah. people in the group that are, you know, different things. And then you can all work together to come up with, you know, ways to help each other and help other people in the group, which is awesome. 
I totally agree. They've been such a big help with my obstacles because that was a huge mental block for me. But now I just kind of learned you have to shut off the noise and your doubts and just go for it. And I try to do that now in everyday life, too. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. It's, you know, and that is true. They help you in everything. And, you know, obstacles, once you kind of figure out how to. You look at obstacles, and it, I think obstacle racing changes our minds. It changes our brain, the way our brains work. Because when you're, yeah. you know, younger and stuff like that, you look at things. Oh, an obstacle! How do I get around this? And then you do right. enough obstacle course races, and you don't that your your mind changes to not how do I get around this obstacle? How am I going to go through it? How am I going to go over it? How am I going to you know beat this obstacle? And it, it really, I think it does change our minds. And the people we have around us is a huge part of that. If you have a good group to to help you with that, it's, it's amazing. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. Oh my gosh, you're so right. And then even the good groups can help you when you're struggling. Like people are there to help you when you're struggling because not every day will be rainbows and flowers, but mm-hmm. it's all about flowing and encouraging others. And I've learned you can get a lot out of encouraging others. Like you encourage yourself by encouraging others. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I've never yeah. felt better after a race than when I've helped someone. And for me, it's always been one of those, cause I know I'm a bigger guy and I know okay. at, the, at the way I am now, I'm never going to be first. I'm never going to be that guy. That's the competitive racer. That's beating everyone else. And I'm okay with that. Because for me, I get yeah. more out of finishing a race and knowing that I helped someone who wouldn't have been able to finish it otherwise. I've, I did a race a couple of years ago with a guy who was a little over, I think he was a little over 400 pounds. And we got wow. him through an entire Spartan sprint. It took us, I think, four and a half hours or something, a little bit more than that. But we got him all the way through it. And it was just like that to me was more, that gave me more joy than if I had crossed for, in first. You know. Exactly. And sometimes that's more so what racing and life is all about is helping others. And yes. I would much rather inspire than impact someone. It's you get so much out of oh. inspiring others through sharing your journey and your racing, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I agree. I agree so much. And that's one of the reasons why yes. we do this podcast is I love talking to people like you and everything oh, else that just hear that inspire yeah. others to do it. I mean you know, not to sound, I mean, you're four foot 11 and a quarter, right? Yeah, four foot 11 and a quarter. <laughs> and a quarter yeah. <laughs> Got to throw the quarter in there. How many other women out there? I mean, I'm sure there's other women out there that are like, I'm, I can't do this. I'm not tall enough. Those are eight foot walls. They're twice, almost twice as tall as I am. I, I can't do this. And then they're going to see you out there and go, well, maybe I can't, you know, and that's kind of me is, you know, I'm, and you know, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm five seven and right now I'm over 250 pounds, but I still get out there and, you know, do races. I did three trifectas last year and I'm going for four this year in Spartan plus all the local races. So yeah. yeah. And it just shows that, Hey, even us bigger guys can do it. Hey, I love it. Another great company. I'm not sure if you're aware of them is Oscar Mike. Have you ever heard of them? Yep. Yep. I've heard of Oscar Mike. They're they're a great team. Yeah. Yes, they were actually one of the first OCR groups that ever reached out to me. 
And that was through via my cousin. And being a nurse, I can really appreciate how they help these veterans do these races mm-hmm. and cope. And the bigger pictures of overcoming obstacles, it's, it's life-changing for me. And I love seeing them at Spartan races. They are amazing athletes and, more importantly, more amazing humans. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree with that completely. I love Oscar Mike. I mean, it's one of those... I mean, like you said, I mean, I don't know how to say it better. I mean, they're amazing humans. And I mean, getting those guys out there, some of those guys, I mean, that can change oh, their life tough. and their look on life. Yeah. So yeah. it's and amazing. Tough. I know. Yeah. They are. Sure. I would say another one that we talk with a lot and we deal with is uh, more heart than scars. Oh, and that's heart. one that's oh, a, yeah. it's, yeah, that's a good, a good friend of ours, Zachary Nubbs. Um, okay. and it's, they're, they're a good, they're another good one. And they deal with a lot of people who have injuries or have like a, a reason why that people say they shouldn't do a race. I know they helped one, uh, athlete who was a paraplegic completely do a race. So, you know, and so, and that's, that's their whole thing. Mm-hmm. There's another company that I just started talking to. It's actually called operation teammate and it's based out of Georgia. That's, actually one of the states mm-hmm. I've lived in and they help children who have parents that are deployed cope by pairing them with an athlete. So I'm going to start doing that too and work with a child whose parent or parents may be overseas or serving somewhere and then teach them how to do obstacle course racing or maybe do one with a child. So that's still in the works like oh. another good one worth checking out. That's awesome. That's yeah, sure. that is an awesome yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I love about this this community is, I mean, what other community, you know, I've done running, I've been part of running communities and stuff like that, but what other real running community or sport, you know, builds up, you know, this many yeah. teams that are so much about helping, you know, you've got that one that wants to help children for for, you know, whose parents are deployed or, you know, the ones Oscar Mike who helps, you know, veterans that have come back and maybe deal with PTSD issues or stuff like that. And, you know, then you've got, you know, more hearts and scars dealing with people that have been injured and for whatever reason, probably, you know, wouldn't be able to do this otherwise. And it's, it's so cool to see people come together and help like that. So it's amazing. I totally agree. That's yeah. been my favorite part. And just like I said, the amazing people I've met. And I do love the West Coast, so I'm hoping I can come out your way for Spartan. That would well, be amazing. <laughs> well, let us know. I mean, it sounds like yeah. the, the April one would be would be right up your alley. I mean, most people don't oh, like yeah. the April Seattle Spartan because it is okay. it's slightly wet. <laughs> slightly. Oh, oh that's I think okay. There's, that's it's a little wet and a little cold. I think there was, I think two years ago, there's video of a guy swimming through the barbed wire fall because it, it had rained so much that the barbed wire fall was almost underwater. So, yeah. What's your temperature like in April? It depends. It goes back and forth. And that's the one thing I, I mean, for me, it's part of the thing that one of the things I love about Washington and one of the things I hate is it could be <laughs> 70 degrees, you know, but at the same time, it could be in the 30s you never know in april it could go either way so because i know last year for the the last year for the spartan it was actually snowing the week before the spartan happened so in april and then when it did it ended up being cold so i mean it wasn't snowing when it happened but it was cold enough that it almost was so there was a lot of people that were pulled from that course for hypothermia that day um there was 
at one point there was a, a water like where they went into the river you know a water crossing okay. in the river that they ended up having to like completely get rid of because people were just you know coming out of the river like hypothermic and it's like hey okay we need to get rid of this and you know take this off the so it gets it gets cold but then the year before it was pouring down rain but it was probably in the the high 50s so it was like probably Ooh, 20 see, degrees high, warmer yeah that so it's fine yeah it, so it's a crapshoot i mean it's one of those that you know but then all of a sudden they do the the Seattle Beast is because that's a super in a sprint that weekend, and then in okay. October or September they do a Beast in a sprint, and then the Beast oh, wow. is completely dry. The Beast is completely dry oh, in the same venue, and you end up actually I've had better times on the Beast than I did on the sprint oh, because it's, it's dry and you can yeah. just go. Yeah, it's amazing how yeah. weather and just mud can really slow you down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it can. Mud makes yeah, it hard. The, and people don't think about it. It's your hips. For me, it's my hips because my feet oh, keep yeah. sliding out from under me. So it's the, my hips start to hurt because the muscles in my hips, because I'm trying to keep my legs from sliding out from under me the whole time. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was funny. The race I did in Chicago this year, like I said, it was my first outdoor Spartan. And I have poison ivy. <laughs> and yeah. I've never seen so much mud. Like I said, I was a cross-country runner. I've never seen so much mud. I mean, I'm pretty petite, pretty small, and the mud was pretty much up to, like, mid-shin for me. And people were just losing their shoes. Uh, people mm -hmm. weren't getting the rope climb because it was so muddy. Uh, I had to take a two-hour shower after this mud fest. I was like, oh, oh yeah. I've never seen mud <laughs> but i loved it i mean mud and fun have letters right so it's gotta oh be yeah fun. that's just it's gotta be fun and that's the thing i i've been to races where it was like one of those things where you take like three showers after you get back and then like the next day you're still all of a sudden like how do i still have mud i've taken three I showers know. yeah Yes, the place I always forget to get the mud off is around my ankles. For some reason, I always yeah. forget that and find it there the next day. And I get so mad. I'm like, dang it, I just slept with this on. Now I need to wash my sheets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's one of those things because it, it cakes up at your ankles because that's where your socks are. So Exactly. Yeah. It's just like showing up. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that's part of the fun of it. I mean, the one thing I've learned over the years is... There's a lot of mud if you put, because uh, I don't know if you've seen, my hair is halfway down my back. So I, I have long hair. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I've seen that. Uh, coconut oil. Before a race, I will oh. get coconut oil and I'll rub it into my hair. So after a race, because that was my biggest problem. After a race, I would literally sit in the shower and wash my hair six or seven times, trying to get everything out of it. And then I figured out with the coconut oil, you get into the water and it just did like grease. It makes your hair really greasy, obviously. But once you get into the shower, the, everything just rinses right off. And then you take, you know, oh, you wash your hair yeah. once and it gets the coconut, yep, gets coconut oil out and you're good to go. So one of my friends oh my told me God. that before race. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like you're crazy. And then I did it. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try that now. That's awesome. They did say there was that big hype on coconut oil for a while. So maybe we'll yep. bring it back around with OCR. Like, here, yep. put Just put it in your hair. <laughs> yeah. So I keep coconut oil now really just for that. I'll like rub it through my hair. And like I said, your hair will be greasy as can be, you know, for the race. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to do it every day unless you want to look like a nineties, you know, skateboarder. 
but yeah, or get like a mullet going. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, it's it, it works pretty well. So, yeah. Oh, that's helpful. I'm gonna definitely remember that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's like my week. So, <laughs> so, what are your plans for for? I know you said you've got the one coming up in two weeks. What other plans for races do you have this year? Are you well, you gonna go all out or what? I I'm hoping to go all out. So for sure, Arizona is gonna be in February. I do have my mm-hmm. eye on North Carolina, and I think that's April. In March, I do have um, the Abominable Snow Race again. So it's very fun to do that my first race again for the third year in a row. And then I'm also doing the Highlander assault, which is a local one. I am just, mm-hmm. I do love the stadium races, but I definitely like longer ones, but stadiums yeah. are where I fell in love with Spartan. So it's kind of fun for me to go back to stadium. So I am going to do Dallas AT&T and otherwise I'm just going to kind of wing it and play around this year with doing longer ones because my last year I just did the shorter ones plus that 12 mile race and so yeah. as being a long distance runner I really enjoyed the 12 mile race so I want to see how Arizona goes see if I like the sprint or the super better and then determine from there which ones I want to focus on but for sure Spartan, AT&T, and the, all the local races. And then I'll see how Arizona goes and if I like the longer ones or shorter ones. But stadiums always have a yeah. special place for me. So that's for sure. How I, I want to do one. <laughs> I've got a few coming up. I, I've never, I've always wanted to do a stadium, but I haven't done one yet. Um, eventually, okay. I, they don't have any, they have a few on the West Coast down in California, but none up in Seattle. And I just haven't wanted to sounds bad to say this travel all the way to California for a sprint, but, <laughs> but I've done so far this year, I've got, um, I'm planning on doing Vegas in March. So I'll okay. do the super and the sprint in Vegas. And then I'm going to do a super and sprint in Seattle in April and oh, then go to Mon- Yeah. And then go to Montana and do a beast and a super in a weekend. Okay. I have my eye and on then- that one too. So, it's a yeah. good one. Let, let me know if you go. We we get a house and like basically oh we get this huge like three story house and a bunch of us get it together. So let me know if you're gonna go and I'll see if we can get you a spot there. Oh, yes. But I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's yeah that's gonna be a fun one. I missed that last year because I had to have surgery like two days before the race and my very first Spartan was the Montana Beast in 2015. So, yeah, so I'll do the Beast and Super there, and then I'll take a break from Spartan for a couple months, and then in August, I'll do a sprint in Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, and then go to Hawaii and do a trifecta in a weekend. So. Oh, so jealous. I'm actually, I forgot to mention this, my apologies. I'm doing a race in May. It's another local one. It's very unique, you know, how we were talking about that mm-hmm. front line, and you wear a vest the whole time you're doing the race. So it's a See, that's, that's cool. Rated best. And I'm like, this is very different. And I know it might be a little harder for me, but I'm ready for the challenge. Like, cause being a long distance runner, I do struggle with obstacles. I'm like, this is going to make me better. <laughs> and it is, I've actually, I've been doing that. I have a, a vest that I think there's 20 pounds in it now, but I can add more weight to it. I think up to over 50. And wow. I, I'll wear that when I go on the weekends and, you know, 20 pounds of weight just to, to help me a little bit better. I'll go for runs on the weekends and wear that. 
So, and my thought was, is basically I've got 20 pounds in it now. And for every like five pounds I lose, I'll drop another five pounds in it. So I'll always be training at the same weight. So, yeah. There you go. So when you race, and then I do, yep. And then I do have, uh, I mean, besides the Spartans, I do have a bunch of local ones. There's run amok up here, which is a really cool race that they do that, uh, raises money for, they're building a tiny house village for veterans in this area oh, so I, I do that race and they they that's the charity that that one's for there's um omax stampede around here renegade rage which is you know in the summer so during the summer there's a bunch of local ones around here you know that we do um that'll be a blast so yeah there's one summit the swamp which is one that actually the the group that uh beast ocr that i've um been in for a long time that they they're part of that running that and then they have some endurance events that they do too that are pretty cool so i'll be i'll be around and doing a whole bunch of stuff so it's try and stay busy (laughs) yeah yeah how fun like like we said those local ones rock it does help oh, they do. you feel stronger for the Spartans when you know what kind of obstacles you're going to have. Yeah. They've been like, well, it's just cool. And, and like we said, I mean, it's the ingenuity you get at some of those are, are so much fun just to see kind of what they come up with, with what they have. And that that's really cool to see. When I did the, the run amok, I did with a really good friend of mine and, you know, uh, Brian sure. Hayes. And we did that one together and we both admitted we're like, it feels like we're at recess you know, back in school. I mean, it's, Aww. we're just out here having fun. They had one of the things they had the big hay, you know, the hay and not bales, but the big circles that they roll yeah. the, the hay up into the big circles. And that was one of the obstacles. Okay. You had to climb over one of those and you're like, well, that's not so bad. And then you realize that even me at five, seven, they weren't much shorter than me. So, I mean, trying to get up and over those and you, trying to grip the hay, it just kind of pulls right out. And it's, it was pretty cool. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that they did, it's like, you know, it really did feel like we were just, you know, they sent us out in the field and say, Hey, go have fun. And that's what I like about yeah. the locals is because there's just random, weird, weird things you want to think of. Cause they just took whatever was there and made an obstacle out of it. Yes, yeah. And just obviously the heart that goes into the local ones and all the behind the scenes work they do is just amazing. And yeah. whenever I'm running, I'm like, wow, I can't imagine how hard everyone has had work to get everything ready. And it's just, it's the heart, which I really yeah. love about the local ones. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I've spent time with a couple of the, the local ones around here, helping them, you know, get things figured out and set up. And that's it, to see the heart because I mean, it's not to sound bad. Nobody does. I mean, well, unless you're like, you know, one of the big guys, nobody does this to make a fortune. I mean, these, right. these local races, most of the ones that I've talked to, they're lucky if they, you know, if they break even, you know, there's one up in Canada, yeah. uh, grit farm OCR who they, they've been working on some stuff and she's like, Hey, if we break even, we're happy. You know, she's like, we're not doing yeah. this to try and get rich. We're just doing it to, you know, so we can have fun because we love it and it's their passion. So that's, that's exactly. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. Agree. Right on. All right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, Plus, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast's OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. So, 
you got a few coming up this year. So are you racing elite then this year? Or are you racing open oh, or what are you? I am, I am pushing myself and running elite. So <laughs> that's I, awesome. Yeah, ran, yeah. So I ran Toyota. I did get first in my age group. And then when I ran Chicago Spartan, I got first in my age group. I ran Fenway this past year in November. I got first in my age group. Wrigley, I got first in my age group, but I got penalized on my burpees, which bumped me down from first to third. <laughs> so I think I was probably suffering from race brain and did not do my burpees correctly, unfortunately. So, and I just want that little extra push to see how I would do an elite. So I, in Arizona, yeah. I am running elite. So we'll see. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so nervous. I'm excited to be just out in the wild again. I love the trails. I love trail running. Like I said, stadiums mm-hmm. have a special place in my heart because you get to see some awesome stadiums that, yeah. I mean, within two weeks, I ran Fenway and Wrigley. I'm like, this is amazing. And I, I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan now. <laughs> just kidding. But oh, I, like I don't know if we can be friends. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't invite me to Montana. No, just kidding. But, um, <laughs> um, no, it was just so much fun. And just to appreciate what you get to see in these races. But my heart is honestly in the trails, just being a former cross-country yeah. runner. And I am a hiker. I do like being out in nature and it's just fun for me. So I'm excited to go back. I hope I don't get poison ivy or have to run through a polar vortex in Arizona. So hopefully not. So, well, I was talking to some of my friends that have done this venue before, and I guess you end up in a bullpen, like the finishes in a bullpen, like where the bulls go. And I'm like, please don't let me have to run with the bulls at the finish. (laughs) Like you never know. You could just duck under them. I (laughs) I was like, Oh man. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be. That would be. And I mean, and that's it too. I'm the, that's how I am with the, the, you know, the obstacle course racing is I like being out in the woods. You know, I grew up yeah. out, you know, in a small town. You know, I grew up, I was, I wasn't a runner as a kid. I was a mountain biker. I liked, you know, okay. mountain biking and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time out in the trails mountain biking. But, you know, it wasn't until I got older that I started running. But, yeah. Okay. So, okay. but that's. Yeah. So it's, I love being out in the woods and it's just, it's, it's amazing. So yeah. Yes. I'm excited. That's for sure. Yeah. Right on. Well, is there anything else you want to say to our our listeners? You know, we're getting close to the the hour mark. So (laughs) we are kind of, got cut us off, but just check out the local races in the Midwest. The ones that I mentioned before the front line in May is amazing. I'm excited to try that for the first time this year. Highlander Assault in May and September. They actually have a nighttime obstacle course race in May, which I'm so excited about. I was like, oh, not every day fun. can run at night. Yeah, and then they have that another uh, that race in September, which they actually have a four mile, eight mile, twelve mile, and then they actually have a twenty four mile one too. And then yeah. another one is Strong as Oak. They do a rec bag run with obstacles, and then they have an endurance challenge and. The company that sponsors me, Flatline, has an event called Failure is Dead on Arrival, which is at their gym and is so much fun. And I was so sad I missed it this year. But And then the Abominable Snow Race is awesome, too. So if you guys ever want to come out yeah. to the Midwest, 
come check us out. <laughs> if I'm ever out there, I will reach out to you so so we can do something together out there. Yes. So because yes. some of those sound fun. So. It. Yes. Uh, I do love that that failure is dead on arrival. I think that is the best. Or what was it? A failure is dead on arrival, or yes. so is that what you said? That's, 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 that's the model. That's of a the good company. mantra. Yeah, it's the gym and the company that I do work very closely with. I'm one, like I said, one of their pro athletes, and basically, failure is dead on arrival. When I first heard that, I was like, "Hang on, what does that mean?" So that pretty much means you've already succeeded by showing up. Yeah. And over trying to overcome that. thing that comes, and I love that too. Oh, I love that because my thing has always been that I'll sit there and I'll talk to people who are struggling, and they're like, "Oh, I can't do this," and I'm like, "You've already beaten everybody that's sitting at home on the couch." Exactly. So showing up, you know, you showed up. Yeah. You beat everybody that didn't come out here. So, you know, that's something that you know to, to be proud of. So, yeah, I, I love that saying. Failure's dead on arrival. That's that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was so nice to see you. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And I, I, I hope to run into you at a race soon. And I hope to hear great things of you know your name on top of those podiums here in, in Arizona. Oh, that's so. very nice. Well, thank you, pretty Mike. And every time you've spoken to oil, I will think of you before my race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All thank right. you very much. Well, thank you. Yes. Have a good night. All right. Me too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 